that's one of the reasons I called this movement that, that I'm creating with All or Nothing on this podcast is All or Nothing because that mindset is 100% what's propelled me in my life. If I do something, I'm doing it all in. All right, guys, welcome to All or Nothing in Real Estate, episode five with billion dollar team lead agent, Adam Bailey. Adam Bailey has been a part of closing over 6,000 homes in his, in his career, high performance real estate team and business coach, a marketing strategist, and an investor. Adam Bailey companies have been recognized by Real Trends and the Wall Street Journal as the number one real estate team in Kansas and the number nine real estate team in the nation. Adam was also honored by Inc. Magazine as one of the Inc. 5,000 fastest growing companies and the Business Journal's best places to work with many other achievements. His brand has been on numerous radio stations, TV, podcast, and is recognized as one of the leaders in the real estate industry. Adam Bailey currently has a modern team network of about 2,200 agents in five different countries. And in the last 12 months, he has been paid on about 8,000 closings by leveraging a cloud office and modern tools. Welcome, Adam. Boom. What's up, man? That's a lot. That's a, yeah, that's a man's a lot of accolades. You deserve it. So hopefully we got some knowledge we can share with the people today and, uh, and just give back. I know you and I, our values align and that's the movement behind this. That's the vision is to give back. So let's start, Adam, if you don't mind, unpack just a little bit of your story, kind of where you come from and a little bit of your accolades we just went over. Right. Um, you know, I started an insurance company with Aflac, uh, I think when I was like 22 or 23, um, you know, struggled my first year, dropped out of college, you know, to, to get that off the ground. I think I made $11,000 in my first year, um, you know, just kind of stuck with it. I was real pig headed. I was like, I'm going to figure this out. Um, built that up over five years. We all know what happened in 0809 market crashed. I was covering Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, um, selling direct uh, or um, payroll deducted policies. And we knew, you know, employers were laying off and not rehiring. So I was making less money, traveling more. I was just like, I don't want to be doing this in five years. Similar to how EXP stock is structured, Aflac had that same uh, equity program. So I was being awarded shares of stock for writing policies and, you know, in many different forms by just doing my job. So I was vested with them. I cashed out uh, all my stock. I took uh, a year off you know, was really looking for opportunities, just you know, didn't really want to go get a job. I think I was like 27 at that time. Uh, I had this guy by the name of Mike Gerbic that kept calling me. Um, and uh, he was on the radio at the time. And, and I, you know, I went to talk to him a few times, just couldn't get my, my head wrapped around the team model. And, you know, I was still full of ego. So I was like, if I'm going to get my real estate license, why wouldn't I just do it on my own, keep more of my own commission? And just, you know, how everyone, you know, full of ego starts out in real estate, right? Yeah. Um, you know, but I had call center experience because I worked at MCI that sold local and long distances to businesses and residential uh, in high school, right? And that's kind of how I built my insurance business. And so I said, I'll come in, I'll kind of, you know, I'll shadow you for like six months. I was working on Mellers. I was kind of poking around his business. Uh, he really wasn't paying me anything at that time. I think uh, we were calling expired and Fizbos, and I was doing some data mining. And, and so I started making about 300 bucks a week with him uh, or whatever to, to get going. And then, you know, he came in, shut the door and was like, what's it going to take for you to go get your license and to commit to this? And uh, so I said, all right, you know, I'll give this a shot. Um, you know, he took me down to my first uh, event or mastermind about six, six months later, just got my license. IDX feeds were just coming out. Uh, he was big with uh, listing leads and on the radio. And I was like, we can kill it with uh, internet leads. So we'd start generating thousands of internet leads back in, you know, 2010. 
uh, started hiring our first inside sales agent and started to scale up uh, a client care resource center in 2011. And uh, also I started selling houses, only closed like 24 houses my first year. Um, you know, it was a huge lesson because I was like, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to sell a bunch of houses and, and it's going to be great. Um, you know, my, my second year, uh, the call center continuously grew. I ended up uh, uh, within a couple of years becoming a top uh, performing agent uh, also on the team. And um, I think in 2012 to 2013, we really dialed in the call center after a couple of years uh, trying to figure it out. We lost almost 100 grand. We almost shut that thing down. Uh, and that's when we figured out cash conversion cycles and nurturing because all the information out there today uh, from people's past experiences just wasn't available. So we really was a pioneer with was spearhead, spearheading that. Um, and it just really took off. We went from like 350, 388 closings uh, that previous year to um, around 688. And I told Gerbic we were going to close 700 homes that year. And he told the the group, he told me to tell the group around 500, you know. Um, so, <laughs> so we only missed our goal by uh, 12 units uh, at that time. Um, you know, I was going to really branch out and do my own thing. Um, However, I spent a little bit of time with Gerbic. I didn't feel like I was done learning uh, under his leadership. Um, so we came together and got a mutual agreement done with some, some ownership. And then he had turned the brokerage over for me to run uh, the operation um, and uh, select homes. At that time, I had a lot of people um, that was hearing me speak or doing podcasts or trying to figure out who this kid was. I went on the internet, said we're going to close a thousand houses next year. Um, little did I know, similar to what you went through, Matt, is uh, it just wasn't about sales and conversion. We had to actually build the full car to be able to keep up with the speed. Um, and so uh, everybody started following me. Um, and then I launched a coaching company off experiential learning where people could shadow our uh, uh, call center ISAs, uh, making live and direct calls, listen to how we're using quad scripting with many pre-approval apps, qualifying our listing appointments, set pre-qualified buyer appointments for our uh, agents. Uh, at that time, it did really well, uh, started open expansion offices um, and, and, and all that fun stuff. And until about 2007, we were ranked ninth to 12th in the nation, uh, you know, kind of bouncing around those spots for five years. And I felt like we needed uh, some additional tools and technology and solutions to continuously scale from the coaching company, had more people wanting to get in business with us than we could uh, execute financially on uh, and labor wise. And so uh, I was looking for solutions and, you know, I, I looked at uh, EXP, but the way it was articulated to me, I, I just uh, couldn't get my, my mind around it. And I was like, there's no way in hell I would ever be with this company, right? We were independents and, and uh, highly profitable. And I'd already worked my way out of the field at that, that time. Goes, working. That goes back to the ego you talked about, man, earlier um, is uh, that same, same for me is, you, you know, my story is I, I turned down EXP at the beginning too. Um, and I think both of us had similar similar reactions to it. It was the wrong message being delivered, but at the same time, both of our egos were still in the way. Yeah. What I find out is it's the wrong message at the wrong time from the wrong person. Yeah. Um, and so I said no for about a year and a half. Uh, I continued to have uh, the same issues. Uh, I think at that time, my son was two years old. Uh, granted, I got all the awards sitting over here. We were number one in Kansas for 10 years. We we're you know inside, outside, the Wall Street Journal's top 10 real estate uh, 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 rankings. And so I was like, okay, we can sell more houses or we can get smarter at this, right? Um, and then there's a, a gentleman by the name of Jeff Willems um, that uh, sells about 700 houses a year out of uh, Tucson, Arizona. 
Uh, he kind of watched me grow up in this industry. Um, him and Mike, you know, were uh, friends or done some uh, coaching exchange uh, right before I got into real estate. And, and Gerby told me to connect with him and follow him. And, and so I just reached out to him one day, man. And I said, hey, why did you make the move over? I was kind of spot checking everyone at that time. I was looking for a solution, right? Not, not wasn't looking for KB Core. I wasn't looking for RevShare. I wasn't looking for any of the stuff that most people talk about. And so Jeff was able to allow me to monitor his business solution tools inside of enterprise. And after like a couple of months, I was like, holy crap, this is exactly what I've been looking for, but nobody's been able to explain it, articulate it, or they're not using it because we all joined for multiple different reasons. Right. Yep. And then, and then that's when, you know, I, I went back to a few of my partners and, you know, I pulled the trigger. Uh, some of them didn't see the vision, you know, at the time. So I had to do what was right for my family. Uh, and, you know, I bought myself out of my equity piece. We were 11th in the nation at that time. Um, bought out my non-compete, non-solicit, non-disclosure, all that fun stuff. Couldn't work in, in town for a year, but I could work nationally. Um, yeah. So break that down a little bit. Um, a lot of people think about all the, the successes, man, your accolades speak for themselves, but a lot of people don't realize the sacrifices it takes to get there. So when you, I, I mean, I know, I know the story here, but tell the people, what did you have to give up? Um, not only did you have to buy yourself out, but what did that, what did that look like? Right. Um, well, the guy that got me in real estate and my mentor had, um, you know, sold his equity piece and an investor was holding it. We were trying to, uh, negotiate that. And it was, uh, it, it was in the, you know, right, right under $4 million. And that's not including my equity piece and a few other, uh, uh, people, but what people didn't know is we were, we were flipping that, uh, that DXP, we were going to EXP. So it really held me back for a year to get to EXP. But, you know, in my mind, I thought, um, you know, I would have bought something that I helped build up from five to seven people. Oh, and it took us eight years or so to build that thing to 90 people, four or five offices powered by our, uh, uh call center. Um, you know, but it, it just sucked a lot of my time and, you know, I've needed, you know, some tools and tech and I seen it and I believed in it. And, and I know we hear this a lot, but I really, at that time, EXP only had around three or 4,000 people when I made the decision. And I really felt like Netflix was coming and we were still a blockbuster, even though we were setting top of the rankings, had the awards, we were, you know, closing over a hundred and, you know, 40 houses a month or whatever. And so, um, you know, when my partners didn't see it, sure, I could have stuck where I was was at and and uh, been happy. Um, but I wasn't happy, and I didn't know I was unhappy. You know, if you go back and look at a lot of my uh, uh, old Facebook pictures, I was overweight. I was, you know, uh, drinking a lot. Um, it was causing relationship issues with the amount of hours I was putting in and not being present at home with the newborn. Um, and um, and so, you know, it, 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 you know, it was a lot to risk, but the reward paid off. So, you know, using my, my equity in exchange for freedom nationally. And then I was the face, had the relationships and the guy in front of the room, um, you know, the, the judge ruled that, uh, that I had to set out a year. So it cost me around $385,000. It cost me a decade of relationships. Um, and the sad part is I told everybody that I wasn't selling and, you know, we were flipping, uh, uh, this equity to us. And, and, and then, you know, I knew what was coming, which was EXP, but, and, but they didn't. And so that's what I, you know, feel bad about was having, you know, then I couldn't talk to people in town for a year because I had the non-disclosure. Um, and so that, that was, the, the people side of the business hurt more than the actual logistics and, you know, the transactions and the network and the modern team that was coming. Um, I, you know, when I started with EXP, I took three or four months off. 
um, you know, came up, you know, with a strategy, a game plan, went to a mastermind down in Puerto Vallarta. Um, and, you know, I had people telling me I was crazy. I was having a midlife crisis and I didn't know what I was doing. And, um, you know, I launched down there and my five-year goal was to have a modern team of 500 agents. And then I would kind of, you know, enjoy the time with my son and, you know, start to slow down a little bit. And little did I know I had 90 agents in 90 days. It took us eight years to do that previously, uh, you know, traditionally banking. Uh, at the end of year one, I had around 500 agents, year two, around a thousand agents. And then, uh, you know, so on and so forth, just hit my, you know, uh, uh, three year Three, three, three and a half year mark going on four years and around 2,200 agents growing by six to 7% profitability uh, and, and agent count uh, right now every single month, you know? And so now the people that called me crazy uh, are asking me how I did it. Uh, the people that told me I had a midlife crisis that came to a mastermind, I've never asked them to partner with me or try to close them or recruit them. They moved their number one KW team over from the number one KW office uh, uh, market center in the world. And so I'm blessed, you know, like people took a risk with me, just like you did. You walked away from a hundred signs and yards, already closing 200 homes with Century 21. You had a team. And so for you to you know, believe in that vision with me early on, um, I'll be forever indebted to you. You know, you moved your whole team into the basement and I'll never forget when you called me that day and you're like, all right, I can't, I can't get my listings. We can't get around this. The, the good news is the team is going to all stay with me. We're all crammed in my house in the basement. So I hope you know what you're doing, Adam, and hopefully it's worked out for you. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. So yeah, it's, um, there's a bunch I want to dissect there. So it's, it's a, it's a crazy story. So I'll, I've wrote down some notes here. I want to dissect a few of those parts, but let's talk about the, uh, my partnership with you. Um, like you said, um, this isn't a podcast about EXP. This is to give back to the real estate industry, but it's important to note that EXP solved a problem for you and it solved a problem for me. And so I want to dissect that a little bit. And so whenever we partnered together, I, I turned down EXP because it was the wrong person at the wrong time delivering the wrong message, right? right. Just like you said. Yep. And so I reached out to you because I followed you. You had built that, uh, that brand awareness of you had built something I was trying to create, right? And so yep. you already had that um, in my, you had that brain space that you had already earned by just giving back. And so I reached out to you and the conversation, you never once mentioned RevShare. You never much, once mentioned stock. You never once mentioned any of these buzzwords that people are just puking on people. What you said is what, what this model does, you're missing the boat. What this model does, it creates a true partnership. And so I can actually partner with you now. Before it would have cost 50000 or whatever it was to get an expansion office. Now it cost you $99 sign-up fee. Sign up with this company and now we're in partnership. And, and just having that partnership of, man, just to be honest, going from those 200 closings to absolute zero, and now here we are four years later, we're going to close over a thousand homes in a year without your partnership. That's not possible. That, that's, that's, that's the main thing right there. Okay. So when you had reached out to me, you said, I want the blueprint of how you guys were selling a thousand houses a year, right? Yep. To be able to um, fast track with somebody that's been there, done that before, it's cheat codes. It really is. Like when I said we, you know, when we were at 688 homes and I made the announcement on the internet, we're going to sell a thousand houses a year. This was back when no one was doing these type of numbers, right? Now, like you, like we're seeing this more frequently. Like nobody was doing this type of stuff. You know, we went from 688, you know, to 853 to 953. It took me three years to bust a thousand because we had to build out 
uh, the buyer side, not, you know, the, the listing side, but more importantly, the operation side with the staff. And you could have all the systems in the world. You can spend all the money on marketing you want, but if you don't have the people and the actual talent to convert those leads, then you don't have the backend support that's developed to run your systems consistently with good culture and chemistry. You can't scale. And yeah. so it is really all about the people. Right. And so I had to figure that out the hard way. I watched you figure it out the hard way. And I said, it's going to be okay. Like we've all been through this. <laughs> and so you didn't come here for rev share. You didn't come here for stock. You didn't like you came here to sell more houses. Right. Yeah. And we did that together. And then all this other value has been a byproduct. I know the stock has done you really well. Yeah. Um, you know, and we all grow into wanting to to, to, to contribute more and build more, but it, you have to be able to take care of yourself and your business before you can go help other people really. And that's why I'm proud of you. You took care of your home turf. Uh, you've proven um, the traditional concept and you're going to take that and scale it in a mo modern way. So I'm proud of you, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. I, I truly appreciate that, but I, I want you to know that none of it was possible without you and your partnership and, and the value you bring. So um, let's, let's talk about a little bit of that value. Let's, let's break down when you were running um, the number nine team in the nation, what were some yeah. of the pain points that you kept running into? Yeah. Um, well, the first pain point that I'd ran into was you can't, the leader can't be managing all of the people. And, uh, you know, Gerbic had really turned uh, everything over to me. And he's like, I'm going to make you, let you make decisions. I will give you some feedback. Uh, I'll stand behind your decisions. And I made a lot of bad decisions. Um, and, uh, and so I had to, I had to learn. And, you know, when you got your hands on everything and I had to even, you know, get you to this point, I always thought no one could do it better than me. You know, I had a lack of trust because I was executing at a high level and I was so focused on rankings, revenue, closings, and I was losing sight of developing other people. And so, you know, it created some turnover if there's not opportunity or there's just not, you know, good uh, personal development. And it's, you know, still at that time, ego driven. And I remember I lost about 300 units in one year that walked out the door um, however, I still replaced it and we grew by 25% that year, but it about killed me. And I remember Gerber, you know, at one point telling me, Hey, if you got to, if people keep telling you, you have a tell on your butt, you might want to turn around and look at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, um, and, and so I had to do some, you know, self-reflection with leadership and personal growth because I was just a sales and marketing guy. And I had to understand psychology at a higher level um, and, and start to actively practice psychology um, and uh, uh, more leadership. And I'm still working on a lot of that stuff today. And, um, and when I look at another thing that was huge, a problem I ran into when I was- Adam, actually, I'm gonna jump in here real quick. I, I hate to cut you off, but that's such an important piece for uh, new agents that are um, struggling with starting small uh, companies. They've got maybe three agents or something like that. They're starting their own group. Can you talk a little bit more about the um, the struggles that you ran into as start of communicating to a team, of building the team, and how you overcome those? So kind of so that they have uh, an idea of how to build their own team. Right. So when you, when 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 you're small, and that's kind of what I was getting at when Gerbic uh, told me, "Hey, it's kind of you know the big churches. The bigger the church gets, the smaller groups get." right? Or smaller his group gets. And so, um, you know, to finish my thought, and then I'll circle back with you. 
I ended up, you know, not having to have literally 40 people answer to me at the time I made this, I ended up creating teams within the team and developing mm. team leads and coaches. And then also department heads, as we built out transactions department, listings department, until we was able to afford an operation person, right? So that group had to get smaller. And so that fundamental value in terms of how you work with them, smaller groups are exactly if you have five. So with my smaller groups, they would only have five to seven people. So if you only have three to seven people, what I think you need to do is you got to be huddling daily with them in the mornings, role-playing, jumping on Zoom with them, checking in, what's their daily activity report look like? Most agents don't understand time management and they're just looking for a lead or one-off call leads. They don't have jam sessions. They're, they're not structured good with time management. So helping them with that, uh, meeting them uh, uh, each day, I think is important. And then starting to develop an alpha that is willing to communicate good with the group and help the group and help you teach and start taking some of the stuff off of your plate, I think is essential for duplication. You have to du duplicate yourself once. Once you duplicate yourself, then it can go to three. Once you go to three, you can go to six. Once you go to six, you can go to nine, you know? Um, and so uh, what I felt out early on when we were small was I always thought the best salesperson was going to be the next best sales leader or team lead. And just because you're a good salesperson doesn't make you a good teacher, doesn't make you a good leader, and it doesn't necessarily always command the respect of the group in terms of chemistry. And so I had to learn that the hard way being small. Yeah. And there's something that you taught me too, Adam and Huddles, is that uh, in one-on-ones with your agents is you, you can't lead by just policy, like just hitting them over the head with policy, right? It's not, well, you didn't make your calls. It's how to start your huddles the right way is to actually ask them how they're doing. Hey, Adam, how's life? How's right. Adam doing today? Right? Because right. you have to create that business intimacy with your people. Otherwise they feel no, they don't feel the safety. And what one-on-ones can create if they're not done correctly is tension and tension yeah. without safety turns to stress and stress leads to overwhelm. And so you yeah. have got to make sure you lead your people properly and you care about them and build that business intimacy first. Otherwise the numbers don't matter. Let me, let, let, let me tell you where I've been most impactful. I understand and drive key performance metrics. I'm a very logical numbers, predictable guy. Even when we had our call center, every eight valid conversations, we set a qualified buyer appointment, pre-approved or listing appointment. And then it was broke down and reversed off of that with leading at, uh, uh, leading indicators with our, our, uh, uh, leading and lagging ones, right? Tied into that. And you could jump on and, you know, just focus on the numbers, but here's what I will tell you, even with, you know, my top performing agents and things like how's things going. Some of my best coaching or, um, the, the most impactful I've been has not been, you know, the strategies or the tactics or the numbers. It's really, we're keeping them focused and helping them remove head trash and, you know, dealing with personal issues, because we all have personal issues, whether it's in business, whether it's, uh, uh, excuse me, family life, kids, whatever it may be. And so being able to understand psychology and work with them on that stuff and give them the tools to get out of that slump or overcome that or help reframe their thinking, that is going to put them in a great space where they can operate at a high level. Yeah. Adam, you're saying a lot about uh, understanding the psychology, but again, for uh, small businesses and such, do you have any resources that you'd recommend? Because it sounds like you've done a lot of studying on this. Uh, any books or um, wh where should people go to, to upgrade their... You know what? I got, I, you know, I got tons of books and, um, you know, they're on my shelf. I got a whole library of Audible stuff. 
you know, what specifically would you, would you want, you know, like, what, what, like, what are we trying to work on? Like whenever someone has a specific problem and we're working through it, I, re- I recommend a book, you know, that I'm really, you know, a makeup of all of the books and audios I read, right. Because I take a little bit of things that um, have hit me or helped me and they've just stayed with me. And then I can articulate it. Or when I see it, talk about that principle or, you know, what they need to apply to to net that type of result. So, I mean, what specifically are you wanting, you know, a book for, and I can recommend it. Got it. So you've, at this point, you're bringing in so much information that you've internalized it at this point. Um, yeah, yeah. I, so so I think I can help here. So to Adam, to I think what you're saying is there's not just one book. It's a it's a combination of you feeding your brain and learning these things over the years, pouring back into yourself, and then when a problem comes up, now you can recommend either a principle or that book for them to read based on what they're actually going through at that time. You, that's yeah. absolutely that's absolutely right. I have not taken a paycheck on a W two payroll since I was 21 years old. I have been self employed since I was 22. I have been broke. I have been depressed. I've battled anxiety. I have made a lot of money. I've lost things before. I've uh, lost relationships before. I've been through a divorce. Um, I like, I have really, I'm battle tested. You know what I mean? Like this ain't something that someone told me. And so I have consumed and stayed a student up until this point. And I still download books and I still pay for the audio subscription and I still listen and I still buy the book if I think it's interesting enough. So I have the written word to get the principle out or to build uh, content around it. So without a doubt, if you're not willing to stay a student inside of this highly competitive industry um, and or saying a student in life on how you need to personally grow or how to better yourself and better all areas of your life, because as you fix your interpersonal growth, and you start growing as a person, you'll be amazed by how many more homes you'll start selling and how people will be attracted to you when the, you've given off positive vibrations and stepping in to your greatness. People are attracted to that. A thousand percent. There's and something I've learned through the years is that when I first started wanting to level up, I started on internal, right? The external will never reflect anything bigger than what you have inside of you. And so the more that you can learn, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm learning something new every day. I've learned stuff on this podcast. I've got a whole page of notes already. And how many times have you and I've talked, but it's because I'm a lifelong learner and I realize there's always something I can do better. And what I've realized through the years going from my basement to number 15 team in the nation is my team, my business has never outgrown my personal self. And so I have to invest in myself first so I can help other people. It never, it never will. You know, it's uh, funny when I watch agents or even team leaders or people, I want this, or I want to do this, or I want to sell this amount of homes, or I want to net this amount of money. Um, everything that I had ever wanted, I had to go out and find that knowledge and information. And then I had to develop into that person that was worthy of ta- uh, by obtaining it. Because whatever you have obtained right now, the market share in Missouri, the 2,200 agents I have in five countries, if I am lacking, Someone else is coming to get my space. And so you can, you have to become that person to obtain it, to achieve it. And then you have to even grow past it. So I was just talking to an agent uh, that I I have a personal relationship with. um, And I told them, look, man, I would like to have 5,000 agents right now. I would like to be growing faster. And I know this is a big year for me where I have to do more to become more to earn that. And so, and I have to learn more. And so I'm going to run more events. I'm uh, right now on a version of the hard 75 focus, not consuming alcohol or TV. I'm reading more. I'm applying more. I'm creating more content. I'm working on new marketing and making a push 
to, to achieve the things that I want or to develop into that person that I need to become. And, you know, we use a lot of Brent Gove's masterminds and things like that, but we have so much talent and top agent experts where it's time for us to take what we have learned and develop into that next level, right. For us yep. to hit the goals that we're looking to for. And so I'm having to create new behaviors, do different things, put my, push myself out of my comfort zone to have a team of four or 5,000 agents globally. I have to study global stuff. I've learned so much about Canada. I've learned a lot about the UK, Australia, Mexico. And these are things that I'm having to continuously study if that's what I want. Right. Or I can just sit here and, you know, go through the motions in little Wichita, Kansas. Yeah. hundred percent. And I wrote something down here, dude, there's something you said that sparked in my brain that I think about this. And, and so fear is a great motivator. Right. Um, and so I am, st I still wake up every day, scared to death. I wake up scared to death every single day that there's a there's a old version of me that's out there chasing me because I know what I thought when I worked my way up through the ranks just like you did and I know for a fact if I take my foot off the gas there's somebody out there just like me that's young and hungry that's going to take it and I don't I owe it to my people I owe it to my family to make sure that I'm always leveling up so that never happens. Yeah. Yeah, I mean th that it goes back to, you know, we see that meme on Facebook, you know, rent is due every month. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's so true. And it, I, I think if you were willing to be consistent enough uh, with the right mentor and, you know, uh, the right masterminds, I mean, anything is possible in the, the time we're in. Real estate is highly competitive. We're in some super wild times. I've never seen anything like this. Uh, but for me and our business and you, I, I couldn't be more thrilled. You know what I mean? Like 140 agents, 140 some have joined uh, the modern team in the last 30 days. Um, we're scaling and, and ramping up and we're developing more leaders. And what I love seeing is a lot of uh, the traditional teams are number one and number three in their markets. So obviously what we're doing is working and being able to use that traditional team as a nest to develop good people on the personal development side, show them how to run a good business and then spit them out as a partner in the network and be in financial alignment with them. Uh, and to have this opportunity first, just keeping them on our systems. And then if they leave, we don't get anything in return for all that development we did with them. This is exciting. What's going to happen over the next 10 or 15 years. Yeah, I, I agree, man. This, this movement's just getting started. Um, and so one of the biggest things is that be, you said it, you said it right there is financial alignment is financial alignment is huge in this model. And so it not only because we have great people that we're in business with, right? We don't partner with everybody. We partner with the right people that have the right values that want the same things we want, but we are also invested in their business to help them succeed. And when they bring another partner in, you and I help them, right? And, and it, it just keeps expanding and everybody is willing to give away. There are no secrets in this industry, but everybody used to, the real estate business used to, oh, I'm not gonna tell you all my secrets. You gotta pay me for this course, right? This model has turned that on its head. We're giving all of our secrets away to everybody we partner with because we realize that we can help them grow within this network. Yeah, I mean, the 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 resources um, are available. People lack resourcefulness and execution, and yeah. so um, that that that's that's what it is. If you're resourceful uh, in our network uh, or just in general in life, the um, the the resources are there. And then what I see that most people lack is execution. Um, you know, they'll, they'll tinker, they'll do some and not see, you know, a massive return or result, and they don't follow through with it long enough to get it predictable or like pumping oil 
Um, and, and, and that's, and that's, that's the biggest weakness that, that I see. Um, but you know, whenever you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and you, you know, you start having a bigger why other than yourself, uh, like you said, your obligation to your family. And like mine was to try to, you know, obviously 8,000 closings. I do really well, highly profitable, but I don't do it for the money. You know, I do it for the time freedom, uh, to be able to do what I want, whatever I want with whomever I want and still be able to keep my businesses running. And I will never, ever trade time for money ever again on any projects that I work on because real estate uh, has provided me a lot and given me a lot, but it's also stripped a lot away from me. And it will never do that again uh, as I turn 40 and uh, just hit my 11th year. And so it's a, uh, it's a, it's an obligation and a commitment that I've made, you know, to my son and to, to myself and the people I love and care about around me. Yeah, man, it's, 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 uh, that's said very well. And going back to what you said about people just dibbling and dabbling and they don't have the resourcefulness or the execution, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's one of the reasons I called this movement that, that I'm creating with All or Nothing on this podcast is All or Nothing because that mindset is 100% what's propelled me in my life. If I do something, I'm doing it all in or I'm not doing it at all. Because if you just dip your toe in the water versus jumping in the damn puddle, you're not going to get the results. And then people will just try something and then they'll half-ass it and then they get pissed off when they don't get the results. Well, it's because you didn't do the fucking work, right? You didn't put in the time and the effort to get what you deserved out of it. You have to give it your all or don't do it. Yeah, no, dude, that's exactly right. You know, every year I've had to run this modern uh, team differently. I ran it different the first year, then the second year, second year, different last year. And I'm going to operate structurally different in it this year. It's just part of growth. You know, one of the things you've probably ran into on a micro level, it even happened at select, but I really felt it on a macro level uh, last year, you know, people that were my frontliners or second liners, I had good relationships with, I had to work with them to build this out. Now uh, we have 2,200 agents. And I used to try to where I even had some constraints with growth because I plateaued and had to solve problems around 700 agents, around a thousand. Like these are real problems I've had to solve to get to this point. And uh, I tried to work the hierarchy model because that was what I was used to top down ran working through people. Now I just cut everyone out on the partnership tiers and work directly with whoever needs a problem resolved or they need help or they want to collaborate on a consistent level. And I'd have people reach out to me and be like, Hey, you haven't called me. You haven't checked in or, Hey, I'm struggling. You haven't done this. You haven't done that. And I learned this from Brian Carruthers because I watch him run a huge organization and I ask him, how do you do it? He said, I only lean into the people that lean into me. And I was like, you don't focus on your front people or your second tier partnership. He's like, I don't care where you're at in my organization. If we're like-minded and you're willing and able and you're committed and you're leaning into me, I'm going to lean back into you. So I don't have time to be chasing you and checking on you and making sure you feel good. These are ownership positions, right? And so once I learned that, you know, it hurts some feelings. And then I tell people that you haven't asked me questions. This is about doing the right things in the right financial order. I've asked you to do this. I've asked you to do that. Have you done that yet? No. Well, that's the first, that's the next piece to your business that you need to lay before we can lay another brick. Right. And you ask better questions, you'll get better answers. Right. And that's just, and and so lean into the people that's leaning into you and be committed to those people and watch your business explode. Yeah. hundred percent. It's it. If you spend your time focused on the wrong people that just have a, uh, they have a problem for every solution, right? Um, those type of people, you're not gonna get anywhere in business. You need to focus on the people that are actually 
in the right right alignment with you and have the th- the right mindset that execute. And then if I if I ask you to do something, Adam, and you get it done, I'm willing to help you more, right? But if if we have a call every month for the last three months, we've talked about the same shit over and over, and you've not done anything, I'm gonna lose momentum, and so are you. It's not helpful, right? And so I'm gonna break down a couple other things you said. You said one of the things you need to do is duplicate yourself when you're in business. So breaking this down, whether you're um, a brand new agent, whether you're starting a team, or whether you have a business like mine. Duplicating yourself is something I say to my team all the time. I used to have recept. I, I give this speech to my receptionist. Right? Is it is your responsibility every day to come in and replace yourself? And I they have the mindset right of well that makes me less valuable. And it's 100% the opposite. If you're able to duplicate and replace yourself, you are more valuable to the company. You are now 10 times more valuable to the company than you were before that. Right. So so I make about right around $500 an hour. Okay. So I always have to ask myself when I'm putting my hands on stuff, is this worth $500 an hour? As leaders, if it's not, but we have the intellect to be able to build it, we have to have enough focus and enough C personality to put the systems together, be patient enough uh, to develop someone to turn that over to. What I see is the leaders end up just managing it themselves. Uh, no one could do it as good as me, or I don't want to teach them because I'll learn it and become my competition. That's all a limiting belief in your head and the way that you're looking at it. And what I was referencing earlier with duplication and being able to turn stuff over. And I told you this a handful of times on the listing side of your business. When you, when I was telling you to turn your listing uh, appointments over, if they can do it 80 to 85% as well as you can, and you can go focus on something else that pays a higher return and builds a new system or a new pillar uh, or a new income into your stream, then live with it and go do that. Right. And so you have to be able to find someone that has enough care. They're passionate. They're not going to be as passionate as you. They're not going to care as much as you. They're not going to execute as well as you. They're not going to have the skill set as you, or they would be you, or you would work for them and find that 80%, 85% person, turn it over to them, develop them give them some freedom to also have a vision with it and guidance and some type of creative control and listen to their feedback and thoughts as they're um, running it. Because what also could happen is a year or two could go by and things change. And you're like, no, this is it where I know, but you're not in those trenches. You're not on those calls. You're not in those emails. You're not on the phone maybe with those people. And so taking the feedback uh, and letting them make adjustments and, and, and letting them contribute more value uh, is also critical to them continuously growing. And then also them feeling like you really believe in them and have their back um, is, is very important to the personal development side of it. 100%, you have to empower that person. So I, I believe that 80% of whatever that position is, is better than 100% because now they have that 20% of freedom and empowerment to make it their own. Right. And now they, they can grow and develop as the position needs to, like you just said. And so a lot of people think that, like you said, and I was one of them, right, is that, well, nobody can do it. They're not doing it exactly like me, but that's a right. good thing. Right. They need to do it their own way as long as they follow the core principles that help us get there. Right. And now they empower that. I just heard my listing team today saying, hey, can we update the listing presentation here, here and here? Three years ago. I had to, I was the only one that knew what the listing presentation was and what needed updated. Now they tell me when it needs updated, right? Because it's their baby. And so you can do that through any point of, of your business. Something else I want to break down. You talked about most agents struggle with time management. What you have helped me do and what I've been able to do is create a predictable business in real estate. You, I say that and half the people listening right now are like, yeah, bullshit. That doesn't exist, but it does. And I'm able to do that for my entire team. 
I'm able to do that from each agent. It's predictable and it's scalable because I'm able to help them focus on, I don't call it time management, it's choice management. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. What do you choose to do with that time, right? What are you choosing to do that? Choice management, because I always say you have a choice. We have a choice every second, every minute, right? And so I love choice management, man, I love it. When somebody comes and says, well, I just don't have enough time. Wait a minute, I have, we have the same 24 hours in a day. It's just you chose to do something else, right? And so it's all, yeah. That's exactly. Yep, hundred percent. All right, Adam. Let's give let's give some more nuggets and then let's close here. So, um, what's some advice that you would give to somebody that's maybe running into? I mean, as an example, myself. So, at any any point in the stage, whether I was a single agent, I was growing the team at different aspects. I always ran into. I felt felt like I hit my head on the ceiling. Right. I was in the hamster wheel. If I didn't produce, I didn't make any money. How do we solve that problem? You develop other people, you recruit your way out of it and develop other people. That's it's as simple as it is. You know, most, you know, when I ran the coaching company and I looked at a lot of, a lot of P and L's and people, they told me they didn't have, they had teams. They might have the unit and the volume. They just don't have good profit margins. And especially if you back out their production, it's nothing. And, and so, um, you know, they're like, how do we fix this? I'm like, you got the wrong gang with you. And so what you're going to need to do, if you got, you know, bad culture or, you know, people aren't accountable and, and and you have to look at yourself first. And then I look at it like an ecosystem and it's like a fish tank. You're going to have to change some of that fish water and add new water and new chemicals, um, you know, to whether their habits, whether they're new, new accountability stuff, whether it's different marketing, you know, you know, different uh, uh, agents or personnel, or creating different systems and then take another shot at it, you know? And so we all hit our head, right? And um, the quicker you can resolve that constraint, the the faster you're going to grow. And so when, you know, when I'm working with team leaders or whatever, like what specific problem do you have? And for the most part, I've seen and been through everything, not just heard about it. I experienced it. And here's what I will tell you. I may learn the lesson, but I learn it the hard way because I'm hard headed. I'm stubborn. And so with that experience, I can always suggest, here's what I've done. Granted, it might've been last year. Granted, this is what I faced in uh, 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 2014 or whatever, or try to point them in the resources because I've damn near coached with everyone in the industry and consumed uh, a lot of content. And I think everyone should, even if you're in a great network team, brokerage, modern team, whatever it may be, you need to stay a student of the game with everyone in the business. And so being able to put people, point people in the right direction, like for example, I'll give an example with you. You were running one piece of tech and you came to me and I told you the solution. You thought I was trying to sell you. You came back to me with the same problem about six months later. I gave you the same solution. Then you said, screw it. I'm going to try it. A year later, you're like, damn, I should have listened to you. That fixed the problem exactly what I needed. And now you have even grown past that and making changes. So that's just one example, really understanding the problem, how how the problem is reoccurring. And then, you know, coming up with a game plan uh, to be able to help them work on it or put them in the the, the right direction with the resources. Because everything in real estate with growth is situation. Yeah, 100%. And so I'm fortunate now to be a coach with Cheplak Select Coaching. And what I'm running into with a lot of team leaders that I'm coaching is they're still the number one producer on their team. And they're like, I can't get out of the hamster wheel. And so my question, I turn it back on them. And my question to them is, well, what are you willing to sacrifice to get out of that hamster wheel? Because it doesn't come cheap. You have to sacrifice something for the long game for that to work.
Let me let, let me tell you what I went through. When I talk about leadership, Mike was the first one to step out of the field and it was hard for him to give up his, his cells. And I can't speak about his income at that time. I don't know. I know when he took me out of the field, I was humming. A lot of repeat business, the call center was humming. Deals were coming frequently and easy. It's like crack, right? So the first decision I had to make was, okay, I'm going to stop selling, right? I know how to go out there and, and sell clothes. You know, selling homes is easy and I don't mean to be flippant, but it really is. We're just paid yeah. to keep deals together and get them through escrow. All right. So what I had to learn when I quit selling to work on the business, not in it, I had to give all of my business out. And as much as it sucked because I was counting the money as it was coming in, damn, that's a $3,000 commission. That's a $2,000 commission. And I'm just handing it out. Because what I had to learn was how to get results through other people and develop them at scale and focus more on people, our product and customer service to the consumer on the back end, marketing, conversion, and expansion. That's what I had to shift to. And here's what I'll tell you. I put more hours in. I was more stressed out because I was outside of my comfort zone. I was having to study more. And oh, by the way, I made less income that year. Yeah. But what happened going into that second year was everything compounded and the income to X itself. And I bought back more time and was growing faster. And so that's what I was willing to give up and sacrifice and commit to, to obtain what I wanted down the road. Because a year, a year from now, it's, it, it's still coming. Right. Yep. And do you want to keep doing what you're doing, getting the same result? Or would you really want to live and do things that other people are willing to do right now? So you can live and have what other people don't have a year or two down the road. And that's what they, that's what they have to ask themselves. Yep. Yeah. If you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting, right? Something has to change. And the good news, the bad news is you're the person that has to change. If you're in that situation, the good news is you're the person that can fix it right? You are, you are the problem and the solution. And so, um, yeah, I think that's great advice there. Um, Adam, is there anything else you want to cover in this? No, I just want to say, I appreciate, uh, you, man. I appreciate you gambling with me. I appreciate you seeing the vision with me when everybody was telling me I was crazy. Um, you know, I, I more importantly, man, you like, the execution part you do at a high level. And so I respect that, you know, um, because I don't see a lot of people do it the way that, uh, I think it should be done or, you know, the way that I do it or have done it. Right. And so watching you grow from 200 units to around a thousand developing into a, um, you know, a top coach for Cheplack and doing what, just what you've been able to do with your family and keeping, you know, it together when, you know, you and I had some other talks about, Hey, balance is important and the lake yep. house and certain things, man, like you actively listen and you execute. And I just want to say, I'm proud of you and Amanda and the team and, and you're doing a phenomenal job, man. I just appreciate the partnership. So thanks, man. The feelings mutual. Um, a lot of it's not possible without you. So, um, dude, love you like a brother and can't wait to see you in Cabo. And thanks so much for, uh, for joining us for this, uh, for this podcast. Appreciate it.